Welcome to this episode of Let's Talk Teaching at Western Technical College, where we explore, share, and celebrate teaching and learning. We are your hosts, Maria Slusiric, Quality Assurance Mentor, and Larry Slusnico, Instructional Technologist. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Let's Talk Teaching at Western. We have a very special guest with us today, one of the newest members of the Academic Excellence Department, Karen Sorvog. Hey, welcome. Thank you very much for joining us, Karen. It is great to be here. Cue the applause. You can't see it, but there's an applause sign flashing from our audience. Just kidding. Karen, we're so excited to have you. It's a little bit of a family meeting here with Larry and I, also in academic excellence, and we're so excited to welcome you as our newest member. And this podcast really is just for everyone else to get to know you a little bit better. So why not start with just telling us a little bit about yourself and also your teaching experience, the who, what, when, why, how of you. Great. Well, I am married to another teacher educator. We met actually in college in our education program and uh, both elementary. Um, And I have two children who are not educators. Um, One is a social worker and one is in uh, computer software development. So I think they got tired of the conversations at the table about teaching and they decided to do something else. So I've been a a teacher for 31 years. I started my career in elementary school in South Dakota, Yankton, South Dakota. I taught sixth grade for one year. And then I got married and moved out to Rapid City and taught in an elementary classroom, um, primary grade, second and third, for three years before taking two years off to get my master's and take care of my kids um, because daycare was too expensive and <laughs> teacher salaries aren't the best. So um, stayed home with them for a couple of years, got my master's, then went back to the classroom for another five years back out in Rapid City, South Dakota, and then moved to Winona, Minnesota and joined St. Mary's University of Minnesota in the teacher education program. And I worked there for 20 years in teacher preparation and did a variety of different responsibilities um, while I was there, but taught mostly reading um, science and social studies methods courses and then master's thesis writing courses. Uh, I also was the chair for many years and did a lot of um, work with the um, state licensing board to get our programs accredited um, on an annual basis. My goodness, you have a lot of experience in a number of different areas. We are fortunate to have you at Western. What do you enjoy most about working with educators, teachers, and instructors? I like to be able to assist people as they go down their path as educators. I like to think about Um, how to help them bring forward their authentic self into the classroom and how to think about teaching as a creative endeavor that is grounded in research and science. And so helping them to see what that research shows and then thinking about how do you make that your own in the classroom so that it's authentic to you and to your students' needs and then also like helps your um, discipline makes sense to learners. And so you, you really have to start in that research base, but then you have to think about the art of teaching and how do you bring that to life for your learners to ensure that they are getting what they need um, prior to heading out into the professions that they're choosing. 
You use the word authentic, and that word really resonates with me, especially coming off of the week of professional development that we just had. And thinking especially of the teacher identity conversation we had and the amazing insights that we gleaned from our coworkers and our colleagues and just how much of ourselves we put into our classrooms. And that word authentic is almost synonymous with identity, right? Because we can't be somebody who we're not (laughs) in the classroom. Our students, whether they're third graders or, you know, 18 plus, they sniff that out in a heartbeat, right? So thinking of that authentic self, bringing it to the classroom here at Western, we also focus a lot on our strengths and a lot of our full-time faculty have taken like a strengths finder kind of quiz or a lot of us at AED have our in our signature. But what would you consider are your strengths in regards to teaching and learning inside or outside if you've taken that (laughs) strengths finder? But just in general, what would you consider your authentic strengths? Yeah, I think that my strengths are grounded in relationship and community and always have been, whether I was working with um, preschool and kindergarten out of Montessori school or second graders, sixth graders, uh, undergraduates, graduates, and colleagues. It's always grounded in relationship and developing trust so that learning together, um, we can develop something more than learning by ourselves. And so I think for me, developing relationships um, is is a key strength of mine. It's something that um, is just part of who I am. And then I think also connected to that is like the true ability to listen and reflect. Um, And I think that those are two pieces that really can help someone become a better educator is taking that time to think through what worked, what didn't work. Did their students get what they wanted them to out of that lesson or out of that experience? Um, If so, great. How can you make that better? If not, what's the next step to ensure that happens for them? So I think that that uh, ability to be attentive to reflection Regardless of our role as educator, whether it's working with a colleague or a coworker, working with students, you know, working with a family member, that 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 time to stop and pause and say, did that go how I had hoped it would go? Did students or learners or people get what they needed from that experience? And so I think those are um, some key strengths that I have honed over my years as an educator. I think we touched on three topics that are so important for education: authenticity reflection, listening. I mean, I hear that over and over that if an instructor has those characteristics and those, you know, personality traits that they really can excel as instructors. That's just so important. Karen, I know you're going to be working especially with adjunct instructors. How do you hope to support instructors at Western now that you're here? Well, I think doing some of those very things like listening, trying to find out what their needs are, um, what they need support with specifically, that's going to look very different for each person who um, kind of enters a space with me and um, looking for specific areas of support. And so I think I really need to be attentive to hearing what they see as the struggle spots or the things they need the most support with, Um, and then digging into the research in that process to support them. I know there are a lot of people teaching in programs that I don't have a lot of experience with, their specific content, like welding, for example, or graphic design or things like that. So taking the time to also look into what the research in their field says, um, trying to just glean a general understanding of that so that I can then find strategies and techniques and assessments 
assessments and stuff that would best support their discipline area, but really listening to the things that they find as struggles and also the things that they find as successes in their learning space so that I can really um, support that continued development for them so that they can become um, who they are meant to be in the classroom uh, to best support their learners. As you're explaining all of this, Karen, one strength that I don't think is my top five, but maybe it should be, (laughs) is connectedness. And I'm hearing in your hope for instructors and within your own strengths, you know, a lot of our job in academic excellence is being professional reminders. You know, we're reminding our faculty of, you know, who our students are and how to connect all of the pieces. And I think that's especially important now as we have a lot of, I don't know, plates to spin, balls to juggle, however kind of metaphor you want to put with that. And what I'm hearing from your listening and relationship building is you're also connecting the instructors, you know, maybe content or trade expertise with your expertise in that teaching and learning. And I think it's something that I enjoy most of our job working with faculty is connecting all of the different pieces. Um, And I think you bring just a phenomenal and unique perspective from where you've been in the classroom and where you are now. So I just wanted to recognize that and what you're saying. And am I capturing that right? Yeah. And I think that um, a word that always comes to the front of my mind when I think about myself as an educator over time has been accompaniment. And I think that's connected Mm. to that language of connectedness, right? And doing that um, accompanying of students, accompanying of colleagues, accompanying of family and friends, right, in their processes, in their learning experiences, and that there's something about doing something together and having someone by your side walking the path with you um, in any of those spaces that really does affirm that idea of uh, connecting and that that you're right it's about connecting like in relationship with one another but also connecting to the content connecting to the experience connecting to the profession that there's a lot of places where things are intersecting and that in that accompaniment we can attend to all of those different things. Yeah, love that. And maybe in the similar spirit or in the similar vein, what advice then would you give to instructors as they prepare for the start of the term? Right now we're recording this and it's like day one, week one of the fall semester. And I know instructors are in a variety of different places, but as that kind of excitement of that first day comes, like what advice would you give to instructors? I was thinking about that this morning as I saw students walking across campus. I saw faculty in the buildings. I'm thinking about that new start and um, also some of my um, former students who are in their first year of teaching this year have been reaching out to me, um, sharing stories about setting up their classroom and getting excited for their students. And the one thing that I keep reminding them and that I would share with our um, faculty at Western is to give yourself grace 
um, as the year starts out and to give your students grace. I think that's one of the best things we can do for one another is think about like, it is not all going to go right the first day, the first week, a first learning activity that we think is going to work. Um, and to, you know, to not hold ourselves on such a, a pedestal of success that we can't recognize that it's okay when things don't go the way they should. And to forgive yourself for that, like to not like get frustrated by that experience and think like, what should I do next? How do I do this? But instead, just give yourself grace and say, that didn't work. What can I do differently? Or a student <laughs> that really didn't get the first assignment in that was, um, you know, due or things like that, giving them grace and saying, why didn't this work for you? Um, what, you know, can I do to help you be more successful with the next assignment? Or is there something, you know, that's getting in the way of you even just posting the assignment or whatever it may be? So I think grace is a really important word to pay attention to at the beginning of a term um, and thinking about how do we continue to think about that as our uh, students and, and we ourselves struggle through different things throughout the term. And Karen, I know we've just discussed the beginning of the term. I'm curious if you have any thoughts on as the, as the term progresses, what instructors might want to keep in mind, whether it's feedback from students or, like you said, reflection or considering what's working, what's not working. So several weeks down the road, what would you suggest instructors do to get a better handle on how the course is going throughout the term? I think a couple of things that really actually helped me a lot in my 20 years of um, college uh, instruction was to... After the first four weeks, um, like you can do exit tickets on a pretty regular basis, but after the first four weeks of the term, to pass out index cards anonymously if it's a face-to-face or create a Google survey for anonymous feedback, um, to just ask students kind of two questions. What is working for you and what do you need more support with? Because that is open-ended enough that you can get a variety of kinds of feedback And then when you get that feedback, because it's anonymous, um, trying to respond to it in um, big picture ways in the classroom and letting students know what you heard in the feedback and how you are changing um, your plans or direction in response to that. Because I think one of the things that I did at the beginning of my um, college teaching career was get that feedback and then make changes, but not be explicit about those changes I was making and why. So students, I don't know if they always understood that I actually was reading that feedback, like to see, because one person might see something um, and say like, this would be really helpful for me. And I'm like, oh, that would be helpful for everybody. And I would do that, but not say, oh, I received some feedback that this might be a helpful strategy for people. Or, you know, and so being transparent about that can let students know that you are really listening and you're hearing their voice. Um, And so I think that can be really helpful along with, depending on how long your course is, doing something at the midterm that's similar or different. Um, some of the times I would do things like, what um, what is something you are giving to the course that you hadn't expected to be able to provide to your peers or to this course experience? And what's something you need from your peers to be more successful? Or, you know, just changing it up a little bit, but again, keeping it open-ended enough that students can feel like they can share a variety of things without being too specific that might, you know, take away their anonymity. Um, so I think those are a couple things, but I think on a regular basis, after leaving the classroom, 
seriously, every day after class, I'd go back to my office and um, had a couple colleagues by me. And we'd always check in with each other and say, how did things go for you? Because we shared students and these students were in multiple courses together with us. Um, and, and what, you know, what were their needs today? Or did you notice anything that um, would be helpful for me as they prepare for tomorrow? And, and taking that time to reflect on those daily experiences just for a check-in on yourself and are you following through with what you need to be doing in your course to ensure your students get what they need and also as that check-in both on your colleagues and your students to see that everybody is feeling like uh, valued in this process and also getting what they need. I think that's one thing that I heard during professional development week was the idea of feedback but then letting your students know that you have received their feedback and how you've used it to perhaps change or improve your course. And I think it's not just an education. I don't know how many times I've been asked to give feedback. I have no idea if anyone actually read it. I have no idea if anyone actually acted upon it. Occasionally, I mean, if there's massive amounts of bad feedback, you may get that. But the idea that instructors acknowledge what the students are offering them and students recognize that brings about their opportunity to feel comfortable giving feedback on a regular basis. So I think that's that's really great that we're doing that and making sure that our students know that we are. And sometimes I think one the one student who made that request would recognize you've heard that, but not all other students. And sometimes students actually don't know what they need for support either. And so hearing sometimes suggestions made by other students helps them think about, oh, like, I've tried that before. That really helped me. And it allows them to also like to have some of that metacognitive work that helps them become better learners themselves. So, um, you know, imparting metacognitive strategies into the experience, I think, can really help learners because I think oftentimes they don't even think about what they're doing to be better learners. And so when we can model some of that as well through the use of that feedback and how we make changes, I think that can benefit them too, because I think the uh, instructor in front of the classroom really is the person that is modeling those best practices for their profession and industry, as well as taking on that role of teacher and learner together. And this conversation also reminds me of a previous episode that we did with Roxanne, and she mentioned very similar ideas to what you're saying, Karen, and a thought that connects these two things is that when students see when they when students give the feedback and they see the changes being made in real time it builds such immense trust between the instructor and the students and i think that trust is sometimes hard to cultivate especially in online courses when you don't have that physical environment to foster relationship building and you know the traditional or, you know, kind of face-to-face way. So I think taking this idea of making the changes in real time, asking the students for that feedback, and then being explicit about the changes, because that kind of gives them a little like kudos, little like pat on the back, like, hey, that was a really good suggestion. Now it's going to improve my course for students beyond this term, right? So just lots of cool Little connections here. Wonderful. I think that's interesting, too, to think about the asynchronous experience because I think it's easy to think about um, students not, like, hearing 
the instructor and the teacher in the same way, but rather like thinking about, I've got that done. I've finished that. I, you know, accomplished that. Um, and so I think that there's a lot of value in that asynchronous online experience to still responding in the same way with just a quick video to say like, Hey, this is what I noticed, um, in your discussion board. And someone put a comment in here of how helpful this was. Um, and I think that's a great strategy for people to try. Right. So just doing those quick things, because of course students don't, um, always like it to go on and on, right. They want something quick and transparent. And so even in the asynchronous experience, I think that's something that is easily done and really valued. And I think that reinforces instructor presence, the idea of short videos or even audio clips. I mean, it just shows students that the instructor is involved, engaged, and, and wants to give feedback or comment, you know, quickly. So it's not, not lost in translation along the way if it's done farther down the road for an assignment. I think in that experience, too, um, that voice, you said, you know, hearing the voice, maybe not even just full video, but um, there's an app called Beep. Um, that's what it used to be called. I don't know what it is. I'm guessing it's still that, but you can actually put that in, like, if you're reading students' work online um, on a blog or something like that, and you can just give them quick auditory feedback, a voice comment. And again, that creates a sense of connectedness. I hear your voice. I recognize your voice. You're reading my work and responding just in the moment. Um, and I think that that, again, creates that real sense of community and that we're learning together. I got to check out this new tool. Sounds pretty awesome. Well, that is it for our questions. I mean, is there anything else you'd like to kind of tell the Western community? Karen, no pressure. Well, I will just say that um, having been here for a month now, I've met some of the neatest, most wonderful people. I'm excited. I've I had a chance to work with all the faculty in the assessment workshops and then on professional development days. And I'm just really excited for the opportunities that the students and teachers at Western have together because I can tell there's a lot of investment in really paying attention to every student every day, every colleague every day, and really um, doing that authentically in the ways that make the most sense for whatever position we're in. And so I'm just really excited for this fall term um, for both faculty and students for all the opportunities that are coming their way. Well, we are definitely excited to have you part of our team, part of Western, and also all the experience and knowledge you'll be bringing to help instructors do an even better job in the classroom or online. Thanks for having me. It's been great to visit with you. Awesome. And now everybody listening, you have one more friendly face with an AED to reach out to. So contact Karen via your email directory. <laughs> Well done, Maria. Just put that promotion out there any way you can. Thanks. No problem. No problem. I'm here for you. There's no merch yet, but maybe someday we'll be at the big time podcasting. Thanks, Karen. Take <laughs> Thank care. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, bye -bye. Karen. See you later.